Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. Woo! Hi everyone, welcome to the Boney Podcast. It's Cam and uh, it's just Cam this week. Um, Fahim actually has moved on to bigger and better things. And I'm sure we'll have him back on for a future episode to talk about those things. Uh, but the good news is we have a really special guest today, and I really mean that really special. We have Dr. Ivan Khan from Khan's Tutorials. Hey, Cam. Hey, everyone. How's it going out there? So who, who else are we going to get from Khan's Tutorials other than, other than the uh, CEO and one of the founders of, of Khan's Tutorials? You know, the, the company was um, founded by my father, my late father. Uh, we're approaching about five years since his passing. And it was 25 years ago that his first um, tutoring session happened. And it was because uh, one of my family friends, he came to my dad, he's like, hey, Monsu Bhai, I'm married to Porikhar Juno to help Darkar to Paravan. And, you know, it was more like a favor. He said, no, no, I'm not going to do it. He said, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not So the first uh, thing happened 25 years ago. Wow. It was an hour and a half session for some specialized high school prep for a, a friend. Um, it was like, my dad just charged like 25 bucks back in 25 years ago. Wow. Um, and uh, proud to say that, you know, our success, uh, our acceptance numbers have grown while our pricing has stayed the same. So now you guys have 10 locations throughout the world. MashaAllah, um, over the past 25 years, we've grown to 10 locations with seven in Queens, two in the Bronx, yeah. and one in Kensington, Brooklyn, uh, all in predominantly Beng- Bengali speaking neighborhoods. Okay. And not, so not all of your students are Bengali, obviously, right? Not at all. Yeah. Uh, it started out that way where we're a vast majority, you know, 90%, uh, 85, 80 plus percent Bangladeshi. Yeah. Over time, we've done a lot to uh, have scholarships to um, make, remove uh, cost barriers for African, black and Hispanic communities. Uh, we have a lot more Tibetans now. We have, we've always oh, wow. had uh, Pakistanis and Indian, uh, you know, New Yorker students. Um, we have a growing number of East Asian students. Uh, but, you know, we really represent the, the diversity of New York City yeah. um, with, uh, with a heavier distribution for South Asians given the neighborhoods we're in. And also the pressure from parents, right? I mean, South Asians um, push yeah. their kids to do tutoring. And I don't know if that's the case in Hispanic and African Americans. It's, uh, there's, there's definitely a coaching culture yeah. um, that, that exists in certain, aspe- in certain countries. And... Uh, one thing that we've seen is that the same drive that um, that we see in South Asians for the kids to do well, we see it in Ghanaians. We see it in Nigerian brothers and sisters. Yeah. So we see it in um, Central American families who've arrived here in the last 10 to 15 years from or, or from Mexico yeah. in East Elmhurst, where I'm originally from. So the difference we see is not so much the South Asian culture versus non-South Asian or non-Asian cultures. It's really the immigrant hunger it's true yeah it's the immigrant dream so whether you're black from west africa east africa uh whether you're hispanic from central america mexico uh, puerto rico dr uh the newer you are to new york city the more uh open you are to these uh, uh academic uh resources in the communities yeah it makes sense you know what do you think about if a parent's uh a parent because so it's so we were talking about just this just now it's so difficult to, to raise kids in the city because everything's so expensive yep. and we're paying our tax rates are in New York are one of the highest in the country 
what do you, so I could understand the frustration of a parent that's like, I'm paying all this money in taxes. Yeah. And that's supposed to go for education. And then also, they're not getting or the retirement. education or retirement. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm still having to shell out money for, for tutoring services. I mean, the tutoring aspect of it, we've kept our prices at 10 to $11 yeah. per hour. Wow. So when I was a kid, uh, there was one time in my life where for AP Bio, you know, they tried charging me $75 per hour. So I remember the pain of giving those, uh, those checks for a buck 50 at a yeah. time. And, you know, my, my dad was just a high school math teacher or high school dean and um, making, you know, way less than most middle class families are. Just remembering those, we've done everything we can to keep our price points um, at very, very approachable things. Yeah. So right now, starting wages in New York State are $15 per hour. And for students uh, for the Common Core, for example, it's only 10 to, 10 to $11. Okay. So our margins are very slim. Yeah. Um, it's, it's in the single digits, uh, if anyone's wondering. Um, but a lot, most of it goes into um, making sure our instructors and our training and our curriculum is keeping up with the rapidly changing times. Listen, I personally know at least a half a dozen kids that have got into top schools because of cons tutorials. I can't think of a single company that's done more for the more more for the Bengali community than cons tutorials. And I'm not just saying that. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, your um, incredible other half, uh, your, your wife, was a former student of yep. my dad's directly. And I remember uncle, your father-in-law, uh, being in Flushing and um, you know, had a, had a near, you know, a, a, a very close call with life, uh, with, the, with a huge tragedy that happened in the, in the Wendy's and Flushing back in the yeah. day. And yeah, yeah. So I just remember uh, wow. being so grateful that uncle was safe uh, and not at work that night. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I saw him. So I go way back with your in-laws, um, sort, of, sort of my dad. <clears throat> so it's, it's always a privilege to get to see the Bangladeshi community grow. Um, I've been here since 1987 as a Bangladeshi, proud Bangladeshi New Yorker. I had the privilege to move to Bangladesh for a year and a half in 92 when I was in fifth grade. Um, so I'm always looking to see how our people, the Bengalis of New York, um, can you know enjoy upward mobility, whether yeah. it's through education, whether it's through empowerment, or just uh, job security, things yeah. like that. So you talked about your dad a little bit. I know, I'm sure he education was big for you also, right? I'm yeah. sure. And I'll just read, I'm just going to read some of uh, this man's accomplishments. He's, he has a medical doctorate and master's from public health from SUNY Downstate. He has a certificate in business excellence from Columbia Business School. He has a certificate of management for Columbia Business School. Uh, how do you have time for all of this? It's uh, educate for life. I mean, I'm 37, um, and uh, I got thrown into medicine because of immigrant pressure. Yeah, you know, it's very common for people uh, like me and, and many young women to be forced into a, a you know a career in healthcare. And I'm, I was an only child. My father was one of the earlier uh, immigrants to New York from Bangladesh with my mom. And his lifelong dream was to make sure his only son became a doctor. Um, that's one of the reasons why I moved back from Bangladesh. Because him and uh, my mother had always known that they wanted to send me to medical school in the States. Um, and uh, we decided to move back so I could you know, take the exam for Stuyvesant High School. And um, I ended up at Bronx Science, yep. which was uh, one of the most fulfilling ex- experiences. And from there, I went to 
Sophie Davis, and then later on, Downstate Medical School. Nice. So, so now you manage 10, uh, 10 locations. I'm sure you have a lot of employees. How many employees do you have? Right now, we have anywhere from 250 to 300 active employees throughout our 10 locations. Wow. So how do you, what's your, tell, tell me about your management style. How do you manage all those people? I'm sure you don't, how often do you go to each location? Great, great. I love that question. Uh, managing something, you know, I had to really teach myself. Yeah. So, like I said, um, if your parents have this plan for you in high school that you have to go into a combined medical program like Sophie Davis, most of the stuff I took was like AP Chem, AP Bio. I was struggling. My grades were not fit uh, for the pre-med track, but, you know, the uh, getting into Sophie Davis due to my volunteer work and this and that, I discovered my passion for management at a much later age, and I sometimes wish I had learned it earlier. So... Um, when it comes to uh, management styles, I have to teach myself a lot. Um, I think the two traits I try to always grow within myself is my level of self-awareness um, and humility. Those are the two things that um, I preach as much as possible, and I struggle with those uh, from time to time myself. But um, if, I, if we can stay self-aware through some strong emotional intelligence, which I think is really important, in the fast-changing global business world, yeah, um, and have a, a great dose of humility. You know, we're, we're Bangladeshi immigrants. We've grown up with that humbled culture. Yeah. Um, uh, that that's what's worked for me so far. And um, inshallah, I can hopefully keep growing and, and finding out newer ways to improve. You know, not the management style for me, but the people we lead and, and for the and the families that we serve. You know, the um, our mission is to. You know, improve their scores and help the families, and that's the impact that we're looking to make every time. Yeah, I'm sure you have parents coming and thanking you all the time, right? Um, they thank us when the you know when the results come out. Yeah. I mean, if it's like oh, like they <laughs> it's it's like a reluctant thank you. Oh, my child got in, um, and thank you. But you know how hard he worked. I mean, it's 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 a combined effort, and we're really proud, especially of the involved parents. So if you're an involved parent. And you got your child to practice at home, and it's not about getting into a specialized high school. You know, that's not the end-all, be-all of life. Yeah. Just getting into a good academic environment that's the right fit yeah. for you. And my, my, my biggest kudos is to the parents who have to work so hard to understand the culture of this country yeah. while having to raise their own children, um, while having to balance that multicultural home. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we get the thank yous, but, um, yeah. you know, it's... It, in, in our culture, thank yous are given in very unique ways. Yeah, I agree with that. But you know, also, I think it's important that parents know that not everybody needs to go to a specialized school. Absolutely not. You can do well going to a normal school. And also, there's, there's the push, like you said, you had pressure to go into medical, but there's so many other careers yeah. that are just as fulfilling. And, and honestly, and uh, money isn't the most important thing, but there's so many other careers that you could still make a very decent living. People thought I was crazy, yeah. Cam. I mean, yeah. they're like, what? You finish eight years of medical school, and you have your residency match, and you don't want to be a doctor? Like, people would kill for that. Yeah. And my dad had to struggle with my decision to leave clinical medicine, um, and I had to really, you know, have long conversations with him and have him understand that this, you know, I may have the degree... And I hope you're proud, but I won't be happy. You wouldn't be happy doing exactly. this job yeah. every single day. Yeah, I would be much happier doing something in healthcare management or something. Yeah, that's when I started really discovering my passion for uh, the rest of healthcare and eventually uh, management. And uh, at some point, I couldn't 
run away any longer from my true calling, which is um, education. Nice. Yeah, and we talk about, I have, we featured someone um, uh, earlier this year, a good friend of mine, Zayden, he works, uh, he works with cars and he loves cars. He's obsessed with cars. It's kind of annoying. Uh, but he works for uh, Mercedes-Benz as a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And a mechanic is, is, a, is a profession that's really looked down upon in the, you know, the Mongali uh, community. But he does really well, and he loves what he does. He's not doing anything illegal, and it's a great profession. And it's something that I, I feel like you know we, we should definitely Manushki recognize. Manushki Monikorbe. That's yeah, the Manushki thing. That's the, I think that's the biggest problem. Look, yeah, that that's what Hassan Manaj. Have you seen his special? He talks about it. Look, I, I've watched probably every uh, like I probably watch everything that Hassan's put on yeah. um, on Netflix. But um, I'm sure he touches it in his Indian Muslim culture. Yeah, but in, in our Bengali culture, you know, we we say it in Bangla like Manushki Bolbe. You know, know, depending on what your dialect is and. I had to deal with that a lot, especially for my dad, who was a very public uh, figure in the community. My mom uh, was quietly more supportive of my decision because she understood that my and all happiness is, is was what's online. Um, but um, it, it was tough to really, and I had to really learn to um, make sure to pay attention to my own goals. Yeah. And at, at age 25, 26, especially after I had the degree, I... I, I I had to find my courage to tell my parents my decisions moving forward will be more and more mine. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate the support that that's gotten me here from you all, but you have to trust me on the rest of the pathway. And um, so I had, you know, so I think I struck a great balance with my father uh, in in the final three to four years around that. So that it means a lot that he accepted it later. Uh, okay. And your mom's still involved with uh, KT, right? Yes, my mom is the current chairperson. She, you can find her uh, at Jackson Heights with the same mm-hmm. seat that she's been in for the past 20, 25 years. Wow. Um, her role in the company, you know, more recently she was appointed the Goodwill Ambassador by the United Nations. Wow. Uh, a lot of it's due to her uh, work around education and the scholarships that we have for black and Hispanic families. And the, um, you know, the one of the countries that's in charge of the SDG education goals uh, realized her work uh, through the company and we've really shifted more into community aspects we've done uh, speech delay workshops um, I have a son mm. who's speech delayed okay. um, uh, I have we've done college access workshops we've done mother's empowerment workshops so Bengali speaking moms could understand um, a slightly uh, could have the proper support um, that we can provide as Bengali-speaking people in the community. Um, and it's all for free, just so they can understand. We had the, the administration of Stuyvesant High School show up, like their vice principal, their, wow. their assistant principal, their head of their uh, student services. We had the principal. All they wanted to um, uh, engage the Bengali mother's community and knew, knowing that it's difficult for Bengali moms to travel all the way to lower Manhattan to have that conversation about youngster. Wow. Okay. So, what are you noticing um, in terms of uh, the uh, the younger Bengali students uh, in terms of uh, skills need uh, skills gaps or things that you feel like is missing and parents need to focus a little bit more on in terms of education? I think uh, you know I've been here thirty years and I think there's a generational shift that we are watching before our eyes. I think more and more Bangladeshi youth, which I'm so proud of, are hearing and their own voice. A lot more they're discovering computer science on their own but not because their parents made them they're discovering their love for um, public service or uh, 
the humanities on their own, not because their parents made them. So I'm seeing that shift and I, it's giving people a lot more confidence in their choices. But um, w as far as younger people, you know, millennials get a bad rap, I feel. I feel like millennials are unfairly um, uh, characterized as being lazy or something. Like, it's, it's insane to me. I've found the millennials that I get to work with have know how to do they, they, they're much stronger I'm not a fan of multitasking but if it needs to be done Millennials know how to get that done Millennials are are leading are, are very very purpose driven and I think anything that's purpose driven will always become more satisfying to the soul mm. so those are some things that Millennials have figured out um, in a much shorter time span than the old old folks like Generation YZ like me and uh, some of us people past 35 you know we're borderline right because i've heard some definitions of 80 to 81 81 i think 81 is like generation y because i'm 83 81 is like older millennials yeah i'm an older millennial that's what so I am. you and i get to be older millennials, older millennials and the younger millennials are really uh like there's a lot to be proud of there yeah and on you know um and with every gen you know i, I guess to avoid generalizing you know yeah. like take it for a case-by-case -case yeah, basis yeah, absolutely. and i think that's absolutely. my best uh absolutely. advice to the listeners yeah absolutely that makes sense um so what's next for kt you guys are 10 locations that choose is there any any plans for expanding or uh going into other states i'm sure there's needs in other states my parents are in atlanta you're in atlanta uh, my uh sister she actually tutors she somebody comes uh, yeah. to her house and she tutors and i don't think there's actual any actual touring uh services in atlanta huge Bangladesh population yeah. i know yeah. i know you guys i i follow the bony um instagram page and i think it's incredible because you guys had all the top major cities and, and new york is still yeah. like like six seven times ahead yeah. in the population size yeah however like like we mentioned a lot of our work is increasingly there to serve upward mobility for all middle class new yorkers I mean, we're a very New York-based company, not for the specialized high schools, but just because this is where our culture is and our, yeah. our people are. So rather than really focus on bringing improved value to folks in Atlanta, we're constantly looking to figure out how we can improve and increase the value for our, that our customers can find in our services, our existing ones, um, potential new ones in some of the projects that we're involving ourselves in. Um, I've mentioned to you, that uh, you know we're gonna have a little bit more of our own voice with uh, with a podcast that we're developing around education, growth, and culture. Uh, so we hope to drop some sods in the next month or two, and you know hopefully people enjoy it. Um, you know the the work that uh, Boney's doing is is it's it couldn't it couldn't happen sooner. Uh, being a, a New Yorker from a, from a Bangladeshi family like I have, yeah, and I and podcast I think is such a great medium. I wish podcasts were on when I was younger because I think it's such a great medium I mean I can get information out so much quicker uh, so much so quickly and I you know people are listening to them listen to us on their commute to work and things like that it's it's so it, it could be passive but you can still absorb information just as uh, efficiently as like a blog I've or had you else. guys on in the car countless times in the last month and like, really? we, wow, we, connected, we connected um, at the Kensington Iftar, which was organized by uh, Shahana Hanif, yeah. and was a fantastic guest. And um, so I heard the college or no college sewed, and then the Shahana sewed, and the one with our designer from uh, LA. Oh, so, wow. Gausser, yeah, he's yeah. doing amazing things. So it's just, and, and being my age, 
just getting that re-exposure to the rest of Bangladeshi culture, um, yeah. whether it's in New York or in the rest of the States, it's um, hats off to you guys. Thanks, I that. appreciate it. Uh, speaking of New York, we got to talk about the Knicks because Ivan is a huge Knicks fan, as am I, even though it's difficult to be one these days. Yeah, man. They had a good draft, though. We're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna console each other now and counsel is, go go through a counseling session of the rough off season. But what did you, you know, think? That, uh, honestly, I'll be honest with you. I haven't been following the Knicks as uh, the last few years, but I like RJ. I think he's he's gonna, my favorite he's gonna be good. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be. A good. I like you know what I like though. What they I like that they didn't overreact to not getting Zion. Boom. Exactly. Yeah, like I I think if they went out and got like two aging superstars. It would yeah. have been it would have been typical yeah, New York. Typical Knicks. Glenn Rice, Larry Johnson, yeah. like typical Knicks. Stephon Marbury, like aging superstars. I don't want aging superstars. We've seen that as recently as the D Rose trade and the signings of yeah. Joaquim Noah and Courtney Lee in twenty sixteen. Yep. And um, we did strike out from the expectations that we uh, quietly set upon ourselves. However, shit happens. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to curse here, but you know, <laughs> things happen and um, you know, as long as you can pivot and recover nicely, and yeah. I think I think their short-term contracts and um, as long as this owner's there, it's going to be pretty difficult. Uh, I, you know, I, you know, but um, I'm, I think the cool thing that's happened is with the Nets from Brooklyn signing cool. Kyrie and KD, it's going to bring a <coughs> more of a basketball revival culture to all of New York City. Yeah, and even though I'm not a, a personally a Nets fan. Um, I gotta respect their ability to to sign the two of the most popular stars for Nike and yeah. Um, just pop culturally, I'm excited to see what uh, how, how New York's gonna represent basketball again. Yeah, I'm a Knicks fan, but I grew up in Brooklyn, so I'm I'm excited about Brooklyn. I'm sh- I was shocked Katie wanted to go to Brooklyn, and he said he wanted to go to Brooklyn, but I don't understand. No, no one believes him. It was it was the injury because once the injury happened, it's it's tough to go alone to the Knicks because Kyrie was very convinced on Brooklyn, mm, mm. so. A lot of folks will still hold on to that belief that if he didn't get injured, maybe KD would have come to the Knicks. But you know, it's what's done is done, and it's it's more importantly than what what's future of the Knicks. You know, Kevin Durant is an amazing player, and you never want to see a player's career cut short or deviated due to a catastrophic injury. Yeah. So we want to see KD healthy uh, for him, the player, and then however far the Nets can go. You know, hopefully the Knicks will be waiting to challenge them. Yeah, I'll take any success. I'll take any success in New York, if even if it's Brooklyn. I, I love it. I, I. Uh, when are you gonna see a Bengali person in the NBA? I mean, uh, you guys will find them. You guys will find them because you guys are have a really good knack for. Or maybe we'll find them in the classrooms and yeah. call you guys. Like, all right, youngster, go do the podcast, finish your studies, and go yeah. go shoot some hoops. But you know, that's the thing. I grew up with some kids that could really ball. Like in Brooklyn, I grew up with some. Cause this is park in uh, Brooklyn called uh, in, near Church Ave, Thirty Eighth Street Park. Yeah. Shout out to Thirty Eighth Street. Shout out! Um, shout out! Uh, and. Uh, some kids that could really ball but then what happens you know their parents uh they have financial needs and then they have to focus on school and have to work and do after work stuff and they don't have time to play ball yeah i knew there was this one kid that was just we swore he could have gone to the nba but i think he's like in it now how how tall is he because because there's a lot of ballers from back in our day and that's the thing we have a lot of folks who could ball but they're like five eight and yeah. and you know they got you the gotta handles. Be super skilled. Yeah, you got to be like super, super skilled, skilled to play like competitive college level and then yeah. competitive this level. And like you said, if you're an immigrant, uh, yeah. you have so many other responsibilities. And oftentimes immigrants are are, are risk averse yeah. and they're not pushed towards something like athletics where 
Yeah. Only one in yeah. a million can get that professional chance. Yeah, so. it's true. Well, the other point is that it's some of these kids that could really ball in the streets and street ball, mm-hmm. you can, that doesn't automatically translate to to uh, to pro, to to a more uh, structured ball in in high school. Yeah, yeah. Because like then you have to listen to a coach and you have to do drills and, and you know you have to do all this other stuff. Patience. Kids can't do that. Yeah. You know, like and then when it comes to our young women in the community, um, I'm just excited to see. You know the, the natural progression of 2025 years because I see so many young women leaders now who are leading their communities because of aging like our parents are all aging or we, we're, we have friends that have either lost parents or are taking care of them so when I see women and who are 25 to 35 and organizing and um, teaching you know leading programs that are helping take care of our elders or, or those that are in uh, you know situations of strife in their own communities um, those are some of the things I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. Just the, the community empowerment aspect that uh, I see really being led by a lot of women leaders. I'm really yeah. proud of my uh, uh, shout outs to Mary Bobby, uh, Mary Jabida. Uh, yeah, I went to her charity first, event. Yeah. Her, uh, her, her, her campaign fundraiser. Yeah. Shout outs to Joy Choudhury out in uh, Queens um, who's organizing. He's, you know, um, Joy Choudhury's been with Councilman Costas. Okay. Uh, so, so um, we're excited about uh, uh, Joy Baez, you know, um, uh, uh, hopefully future campaign. We're excited about Mary Bobby's campaign. Um, and that couldn't have been done without the support of our younger leaders yeah. who are, um, you know, organizing and, and, and getting connected to, to their and collaborating uh, yeah. properly. So. And supporting campaigns because uh, Mary Bobby's uh, campaign manager, Rayhan, uh, a friend of mine also, he's, he's doing a lot of really good work for her. Um, for who's? Uh, for uh, Mary Bobby. Oh, Rayhan yeah, Sadiqi. Rayhan Sadiqi. Sadiqi, right? Okay. Yeah, he's doing amazing stuff. He's also a doctor, and but he has. Faruqi or Faruqi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said Sadiqi. I met Rayhan. I met Rayhan. Yeah, he came guy. to um, cons for uh, a phone banking that we were watching the debate, and we lent space to the Muslim Democratic Club of New York for free. Just yeah. it was it was a debate watching gathering, and they needed some okay. space. So I got a chance to meet uh, him and some of the the folks that are out there organizing, and just those are the folks I'm, I mean. Yeah, and I, I and I, I I feel really bad because I feel like I should have been. I don't know why. I, I'm very recently I've gotten in. I've I've met all of these Bengali people that are just doing all these amazing things. I'm in finance, so most of the people I know are in finance or accounting, yeah, or, or business, right? I don't know, like even just people that are in the arts. I'm really. Recently, I met uh, uh, this good dude. His name is Iftikhar. He he does these gatherings for artsy Bengali people like where? Which dancers. city? I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna well, there, the yeah. next one's gonna be in my apartment right oh, here. Sure. Yeah, uh, get, get, get the it's invite. called the Royal Bengali Tea House, oh, and they God. host gatherings for poets and singers and dancers. Uh, and the next one is gonna be here. Will and you I'll, be making this delicious tea again? Uh, this, this tea is fire, bro. Yeah, serious. Yeah, it's the first person that likes my tea. I love it. Uh, but yeah, it'll be here. I'll definitely invite you. It'll be here, and uh, I'll invite you. And it's like, but again, I've been meeting like the last two years. I would say I've been meeting all these amazing Bengali people. Before well, that, know, I just, the music yeah. culture is deep in yeah. Bengali stuff. I mean, my mom grew up playing the harmonium my whole my whole youth. Uh, she used to sing a lot in the local functions, and my dad, you know, would uh, do the tabla enough. But you know, he had some other uncles who were uh, more polished and better tabla yeah. players. So my dad took up the mandira. So he'd just be playing a little uh, tambourine at the side, that. or a I little bit that. of percussion instrument, just to. He just wanted to be around the energy. He wanted to be around the music. It is a great energy. I took my wife to the last uh, Royal Bengali Tea House, and she loved it. She was like, "Wow, where is like where were these people? Like, this is amazing." 
and I have zero musical talent, but I just it was just cool being around them. It was just super cool. And just, it just it, even if you're not creating the art, just being around it and contributing to it as a consumer yeah. or just yeah. being involved in it. And my wife and I are big into um, uh, comedy. So oh, I love comedy. So shout outs to uh, Abrar Bhai, who's you know a YouTube yeah, he's, uh, he's YouTuber, and um, he's so I'm so proud. He came to and spoke see. to one of your to your students, right? He that. came by because uh, he came by to just uh, say what's up one day. We had a link up, but I, I bring him up because he's he's doing something like comedy. Yeah, and he's got like, like 60,000 followers, and just to be there, we got Ani Khan in, in the music world. Amazing. We have, um, and these are proper uh, known people and even within our local community there's so many incredible artists whether yeah. from classical dance to songs and um, more western fusion so um, anything that we can do to promote uh, the arts in Bengali culture because um, oftentimes the religious strife kind of overshadows it and yeah. Bengali culture is really a mix of Muslim, Hindu um, and, and just Indian like the, as far as like you know the, the Bengal music and, and all from our language so I'm just excited to see it yeah absolutely and uh, so on that note it was a really good conversation really appreciate your time Thanks. making it over it's here and uh, yeah I hope come back again like I'm sure you always have stuff going on so come back again and we'll, we'll talk you guys keep it up man I'm so proud to I'm, I'm constantly on this Instagram page whoever your Instagram uh, leader is I'd love to meet them because all of those surveys and the answers, the, and the active engagement, um, and then to see some of the audience members' yeah. responses, and I, I'm really appreciative of the the attention you folks are bringing to mental health for young uh, Bangladeshis, and you know whatever you want to talk about, um, happy to be here and just support uh, Boney. Appreciate it. Thank you. So, Thank uh, you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Gotta be honest With diamonds and pearls Yeah, yeah Bengalis in New York All over the world uh, It's the bony show uh, Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live From the slang we spit To the gangs we with It doesn't matter We the essence of the Bangladesh I say, hey, come on Can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live From the slang we 